Hi, this is Jan Miyazaki, the host of the Wednesday 8 o'clock buzz. Thank you for tuning into WORT. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a donation at wortfm.org slash donate. a.m. and you're listening to the 8 o'clock buzz here on WORT Community Radio. That was Water Under the Bridges by Maya Ray. Uh, And my name is Nate Wuggiehel. I'm your host. Don't worry. Jan Miyazaki will be back next week. But until then, you know, we had a major snowstorm yesterday. What, six to eight inches, I think, something like that. It was the first real snowstorm of the year. And while it did come a little bit later than usual, it probably won't be the last snowstorm of the year. In fact, I think we have some snow coming up on Friday here. You'll have to listen to the 6 o'clock news later this evening. Rob McClure will have your full weather forecast but you know with every snowstorm comes uh, dangerous and icy sidewalks and while it might feel good to throw giant piles of salt down on your sidewalk after you shovel your sidewalk it can do some damage to our area water so joining me now to talk about responsible salt use is allison madison with wisconsin salt wise uh, allison thank you so much for talking with me today thank you nate great to be here so uh, allison just to start uh, what is wisconsin salt wise tell me about your group yeah, Wisconsin Stallways actually started here in the Madison area with the city, the county, the wastewater treatment plant, Madison Water Utility, all saying, hmm, we've, we've got a problem. We're seeing salt levels going up in our drinking water, in our lakes, our streams, our wastewater. We need to maybe do something about this. And um, after working together as a local partnership, Wisconsin Saltways started growing statewide, which right now we're a coalition of organizations across the state working to reduce salt pollution in our water. Now, like I said in my intro there, it's it, it feels good to throw out mm-hmm. uh, just giant piles of salt after a snowstorm. It makes you feel safe. But that salt can yeah, it, it can really alter the ecosystem of our area, lakes, our rivers, even our groundwater. It can make our way into there. Uh, tell me how it ends up in our lakes, our rivers, our groundwater, and, and what that can do to the uh, chemical composition and the ecosystem as a whole to our water. Happy to do that. Yeah, I used to be a chemistry teacher, so I get to geek out a little bit here. Um, yeah, so salt, and we're putting that down. It's this, the same salt we put on our french fries, right? So it seems like, oh, like salt, that's fine. That's good. We eat that. Tastes good sometimes. Obviously, it's not as clean. You don't want to just take salt from the salt bucket and, and put it on your food. But um, it's sodium and chloride. And when we put that down on snow, those two components of the salt, the sodium and the chloride, they break apart and they start interacting with the water molecules. So it gets the water to let go of one another to break apart from the solid snow and ice and form liquid water, right? Except now it's not just water, it's salt water. And so that salty water is either going to run off into storm sewers and go directly into our lakes and streams, or it's going to you know, sit there and flush when we have snow melts um, later in the spring or it's going to infiltrate down into our groundwater. So like I said, we're seeing uh, both our surface water and our groundwater in the Madison area, but not just Madison, right? It's across the state. It's across the snow belt. Um, Sodium and chloride levels are going up. And um, that's true as we've been putting salt down and increasingly more and more salt kind of every year on our pavements, on sidewalks, driveways, you know, parking lots, um, highways. Um, 
The one piece of good news is we're seeing a lot of reductions, actually, um, by municipalities, counties, as they work to really dial in and just use salt as needed. Um, But a lot of people still don't see that the damage that salt does, because unlike a lot of other pollutants, it's kind of invisible, right? Just like when you burn gasoline, it looks like it just disappears, right? Except we know now, (laughs) right? That's carbon dioxide going into our atmosphere. So the same thing with salt. We put it down, looks like it disappears, but it's building up. And so do you want me to talk a little bit more about the damage that it does? Yeah, yeah. What 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 does it do to the water? Yeah, so when salt gets in the water, the sodium and the chloride, um, chloride is a toxin to freshwater organisms to think about, you know, like tiny little zooplankton up to the, the fish that have evolved to live in freshwater. So as the water gets increasingly saltier, it's a stressor on their system. Just like if you or I, you know, we can have a little bit of salt, like that can actually be good. But if you're putting a lot of salt on all your food, have, you know, like high sodium foods, lots of fast food, right? Canned foods, like that stresses out your heart. And so we can see those direct impacts through reduced rates of growth, reduced rates of reproduction, higher susceptibility to parasites. So all those things are stressing out the the bodies of organisms that um, can, can only tolerate so much salt. The first critters that start being impacted are tiny little zooplankton. Um, Their populations start going down when our chloride concentrations get to 50 milligrams per liter. And um, that means a couple things. Like one, it means there's less food going up the food chain. So fewer kind of fish that can be supported in the ecosystems. And it also means there are fewer things eating the algae. And we know in the Madison area, we love our lakes, right? And we um, have a lot of phosphorus that's already built up in the sediments of our lakes and streams from, you know, historical um, kind of, I want to say, over-application maybe of of phosphorus from manures and and fertilizers, Um, even though farmers today are really doing their best to reduce additional inputs. So we're, we're feeding the algae with the phosphorus and phosphorus that maybe comes from, you know, leaves, right? And then we're trying to keep out of the the lakes. But now we're also with the salt, we're taking away the predators that would eat the algae. So it can lead to greener, murkier water when we have more salt in the water. So we know it's bad, uh, but we, it, you know, we still want to make sure that our <laughs> sidewalks are safe. So I want to, how much salt do we actually need to use to keep our sidewalks safe? I stepped out uh, mm-hmm. out of my apartment this morning and uh, first thing I noticed there was nothing out yet there was no salt which meant that it was nice and slick on those sidewalks so how much salt do we actually need to use in order to melt the ice yeah and you know like most things when we really want to give you an honest answer it the answer is it depends <laughs> <laughs> so um, one of the big things that will impact how much salt is needed is uh, the temperature of the pavement right so we really want to be moving snow and ice mechanically like out there with your shovel kind of a scraper and then the salt is is used if you need to kind of you know break that bond or kind of get that remaining maybe ice that has formed Um, but i'd say like on a day like today if you um you know, have an open kind of sidewalk and you're able to get out there and shovel, maybe scrape a little bit if people have walked on it. Um, though That can get tricky when it, when it gets packed down. But you could probably remove most, if not all, of the snow just with 
mechanical tools. Um, if there is something remaining, a little bit of salt is going to go a long way today because it is so warm. Um, mm-hmm. What happens is, is temperatures start going down. As we're really we're looking at pavement temperatures, um, the effectiveness of salt dissipates. So you have to use more salt, um, or you just have to kind of have to wait longer. But a, a rule of thumb is kind of like a coffee mug of salt, like 12 ounces of salt on 10 sidewalk squares. So it usually takes less than we think. Um, when we have those really cold temps, so I think we're, we're heading for a cold spell this weekend, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you're not able to get up snow and some ice forms over the weekend, I'd really recommend switching to sand um, and just kind of going to get some traction. Sand doesn't melt the ice, but salt is going to be pretty ineffective. Sodium chloride, pretty ineffective at those really cold temps. So you could look at getting an ice melter that has either calcium chloride or magnesium chloride in it. Those are kind of like the bigger, badder cousins of sodium chloride, and they mm-hmm. do have some, um, they have lower effective melting temperatures, but um, they can also do more damage to your concrete and metals. I was going to ask, I know states like Colorado, uh, mm-hmm. their road crews use things like like beet juice to uh, uh, melt the ice on their roads instead of salt. As In just our final couple minutes here, is there any other sort of alternatives to uh, just regular salt to use to sort of help with the ice there? Yeah, so I'd say um, there are definitely a lot of, there are alternatives and there are also a lot of misconceptions about them. So n- no one's really using beet just like beet juice, mm-hmm. um, beet juice, you know, you think of sugar, sugars don't melt ice, right? Mm-hmm. But they do prevent refreeze. So if you think about um, like chomping into a popsicle versus an ice cube, right? Mm-hmm. In your freezer, like which one's going to maybe break off your crown, right? Sure. Like if you get the sugar in there, it prevents the ice from forming a nice solid crystal. So what a lot of like municipalities, counties will do is they'll mix in a little bit of sugar into mm-hmm. their salt brine. And that way, when they put the salt down, it helps it stick in place. Um, it prevents that refreeze, so it gets them more time to come back through, and it's still slushy, so they can move it mechanically. And salt also reduces the corrosion um, that salt can. Sorry, sugars like in beet juice mm-hmm. um, or other um, sugars will reduce the corrosivity of salt. So that's another win. Um, Colorado will use a lot of abrasives, like we use sand sometimes, mm-hmm. like the city of Madison will, on not um, or on residential streets, right, where they're just aiming for traction, not necessarily bare pavement immediately. Um, so Colorado does do that. So Colorado does put a good amount of salt down, actually, um, and. They also, though, I love it, Colorado DOT put these amazing PSAs out last winter. If anyone mm-hmm. has time to Google it quick, like just Colorado DOT PSAs. And they made these like safe winter driving um, commercials or kind of like a parody of Dave and Attenborough. Okay. <laughs> I'm pushing Wisconsin DOT to make something, to make a PSA. Um, we'll see if we can get that um, together this winter. All right. Well, I've been talking with Allison Madison with Wisconsin SaltWise about responsible salt use after a snowstorm. It looks like we're going to be needing it again this weekend if the if the weather forecast, maybe even tonight, I think I was seeing. Oh, uh, you know, winter is here. Yeah. Uh, don't we love it? Allison, thank you so much for coming in and thank you so talking much, with Nate. us about yeah, this Yeah, it was great. Really appreciate it.